The 4 o'clock football frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. Here we go, 4 o'clock hour. It's Cofield. Willie Ramirez is in as the company. We totally appreciate that. Busy, busy Friday. We'll get to the football frenzy. Want to get to uh, more of that Derek car conversation the Raiders quarterback uh yesterday uh today well he's hanging out in Tahoe with the celebrity golf tournament so he did a long interview so we'll play some clips from that some good th- uh, good stuff to react to but a couple of headlines at four o'clock you know I was just mentioning with Arash the upcoming boxing schedule again Fury Wilder is out for July 24th so now it looks like it could be October 9th in town that's a Bears Raiders weekend uh, there was expected to be a big card boxing-wise uh, built around De La Hoya and Vitor Belfort in a crossover fight. Well, Tiafimo Lopez was expected to have his fight rescheduled. He had COVID issues, just like Fury had COVID issues. So Lopez was expected to fight on 9-11, but now they might, uh, that might not happen. As, uh, Triller, the promoter, is trying to push it back to October 17th and have him fight in Sydney in front of like 38,000, well, the Lopez team is like, eh, we're here. We're not going to freaking Sydney. Yeah, no, and I don't know if that's going to happen just for the fact that when I was at the Lomachenko fight and Lopez Sr. wants to get this next fight out of the way, so the rematch and – They want to get it before the end of the year? Yes. he. That's what he was saying. He, yep. wants to, he wants to do it in December at Madison Square Garden was what he said. Now, obviously, I would think that they – that. You know, Aram and uh, Bob Aram, they they would likely try to shop it here. But the bottom line is, it could, and Bob Aram even said after the Lomachenko fight that he's already been taking offers and, and and talking to different cities and venues, so on and so forth. Wherever it is, I just know that the mandatory or that uh, Lopez Senior Tiafimo's father said specifically that it's got to if it's going to be a rematch, it's got to happen after. The Davis fight. And that's that. That's the stipulation. He wants it right after that fight. So they're they're eager to get past this guy, right? And and get on to this. Back. They keep pushing it back. And and I think the first. So it was supposed to be in August, and then they wanted to do September here. I think on the De La Hoya card. Right. So to, to keep pushing it back, I don't know if they're gonna if that camp's gonna fly with that. Yeah, so Derek Carr with a long conversation, the Raiders quarterback on uh, a podcast that is run on uh, Peacock with uh, Holly and Smith. We played some of it yesterday, talked about Carl Nassib. He also addressed uh, Mofo Gate, as we'll call it, where Tom Brady said, I can't believe they're going to keep that mother you-know-what. Uh, Carr was like, it ain't me, it ain't me. I've got sources, says it ain't me. Well, they also talked about the upcoming season, and here's Derek Carr mentioning how excited he is for some of the new look on the uh, Raiders roster. Everything about our offense. I mean, I'm excited to watch our offensive line go to work. You know, I lost a lot of good friends on that offensive line this past year. I mean, to some trades and things like that. Uh, but the guys that were behind them aren't really backups. You know, they're, they're starters in this league that, you know, okay, well, now it's your turn to start here. Yeah, it's your turn to start. Uh, they were backups. Are they starters? That's the question, Willie, right? James at center is good, going to be reliable. And he was a great utility guy. And the other question is, can Richie Incognito get through an entire season healthy and you've got a new starting right tackle fresh out of Alabama? I, I was a little intrigued by the, the phrase, we were three or four plays away from having 12 or 11 wins. You were also a couple of plays from having a few less wins. Yeah. 
Let's, so, let's examine that in a second. Let me get yeah. let me get all the, the sound bites out here because that was one of the home run shots. Oh, that, okay. that PFT okay, is yeah. all over. Let, let me get you a little more car, and then that's kind of the crescendo here because a lot of people are like, "Wait a second, keep going, Ari." Yeah, when we in 2016 we win 12 games, I'm up for the MVP. I get MVP votes. I played better the last two years than I did those two. Years, you know, in that year, hmm. I didn't get any MVP votes. Didn't even go back to the Pro Bowl. So, to me, I, I know what I put on film. You know, I've talking to some coaches out here that I've played against and. Just what they say to me, that means more to me than getting outside attention. What do they say? Uh, just just how much they respect me as a player, how much they respect me as a, as a man, how I carry myself uh, within the league. I don't like to overanalyze Derek Carr because I think he's he's got a mission, but sometimes when he talks and he's talking about how confident he is and how much he's changed, you kind of revert back to, like, well, then you don't need to talk about it. Yes. And I was just going to say, going back to what you said before that sound bite in terms of you know, the Brady thing. Well, I've got sources that it wasn't me. This comment, you know, well, other coaches have said to me, okay, dude, just get on. That means you are concerned then. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening. And it's just like, worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What what did he say in the, in the, in the press conference last year during the season? And he said, you know, I read, I, my new focus is I'm, I'm not going to address things. Okay. But you're addressing it. (laughs) So I mean, just dude, just get out there and play. And the thing is, is, you know, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with Derek Carr. There are people that do, and of course are diehard Raider fans. You're either on, you're either with him or you're against him. It, there isn't really no in between with this guy, and I don't have anything about. It. I think I think he can be good. I think he just needs the right support and you know the right key target. Is it? But but sometimes, like you said, he is a guy where you find yourself overanalyzing what he's saying. Yeah, he is good. He is a top twelve quarterback. There is no reason to overthink it. Derek, keep going. I heard Russell Westbrook because I'm a people pleaser. I really cared about like I try and do everything right, you know, in the NFL. I try to work my tail off, try and give it everything. I got diving for first downs, all yeah. this kind of stuff, you know. And and I found out you can't please everybody, you know, no matter what. And when I got to that realization, you know, I heard Russell Westbrook give an interview, but he says, I really don't give a you know what, yeah. you know. And I said, you know what, I need to feel that way, you know. <laughs> and, and it did something in me where you know, I was just free from caring, yeah. you know. And what I've put on, what I, you know, People talk about him. The man still goes out and produces. Yeah. They can keep talking about me. I'm still going to go produce and hopefully produce more wins rather than just stats. Yes. I mean, that, that's that's the deal this year. That's the elephant in the room. The the 8-8, eight 7-9 and eight, seven and nine stuff, the close games that they've lost, and it's not necessarily his fault. It's a defense a lot of times. that He's got to put more wins on the board. He knows that because now it's decision time for the Raiders. Uh, this is part of the interview that – Derek Carr did yesterday. He sat down on Peacock with Holly and Smith, brother from another podcast. Why is it so important as a Raider? And was that a, a serious comment about? Oh yeah. Hey, you know oh, I was dead serious. Like I, like that organization to me. I've, I've been through everything there. You know, uh, from injuries to successes to hundred different coaches. You know, like a whole sweep a of move. players. Yeah, a move. <laughs> yeah. franchise move. Man, yeah. I've been through everything there, and so. I've ha- I have buddies, you know, on yeah. other teams that are playoff contenders every year begging me, bro, come play for us, bro, yeah. come play for us, come play for us. And I keep telling them, like, I love you, bro, but there's something about, like, I'd rather just go down with the ship, you know, if yeah. I had to. That's just how I was raised. Yeah, that was the comment a few weeks ago where he said he only wants to play for the Raiders. He doesn't want to play for anyone else. Do you think that Derek Carr and Mark andre Fleury have dinner together? Because they obviously don't want to leave Las Vegas. And they're putting it out there <laughs> enough times that uh, they they want somebody to hear it. Yeah. I don't get the I'll never play for anyone else. I, 
you know what? You're, you're going to play for someone else if the Raiders don't sign I, I just an say, And there's and I believe Derek Carr is a guy. He's he's good enough if he's healthy. He's the kind of guy uh, like some of the dudes now who are going to play until he's you know 38, 39, 30, 40 years old. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Camarena to deep right field! Camarena plays it, San Diego! Are you kidding me? The Padres pitcher that is brought up from El Paso, the San Diego kid. It's a grand slam! It's unbelievable! You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. That was a good moment for the rookie pitcher, local guy, grand slam off of Scherzer, Nats blow a big lead. Uh, let's make the transition to uh, one of the big stories of the week, and that was the return of a bunch of college basketball players. Maybe it was because of NIL, maybe not. Uh, we'll get into that in a couple of minutes is our coach on staff, Joe Esposito. The coach is up to talk a little uh, NBA finals and also college basketball. Joe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks. All right, Joe. Well, let's get into it. First of all, we had some uh, locally, uh, well, it, the news that was tied to a local uh, with uh, Damon Stoudemire moving on from Pacific, took a job with the Celtics. We talked to Curtis Terry about this yesterday and and Nick Blake and you know, kind of a bad break. If Blake was going there to play for Stoudemire, then he loses out. I'm, I'm assuming he's going to stay at Pacific, but now nah, that's you know quite the change if you're going to play for a certain coach. Yeah, no question. I mean, a lot of times these kids are making decisions. I mean, a lot of times, but the majority of times, making decisions because of the coach. And uh, you know, Stoudemire being a being a coach that did a great job at Pacific and really does a good job of working players and getting players to their potential and. You know, he's a guy that a lot of guys want to play for. He's a, he's a, he's a player's coach. But uh, here's an opportunity to go coach one of the premier franchises in the NBA. When you look at the Celtics, the opportunity there to, to work with a childhood friend. They grew up together in Portland. I mean, it's one of those decisions that you have to make. And, and to be honest with you, with, the, with everything that's happening in college basketball right now, um, there's a lot of people that are, that are confused on where this is all going with this name, image, and likeness, all the transfer portals, all the things that are happening in college basketball. So I think this decision gets easier and easier for coaches if they have an opportunity to leave for an opportunity that's better. I think a lot of them will see do that even more now than in the past. So Stoudemire is out. Larry Brown is back in. Talk about Larry Brown coming back to college. Yeah, I mean, just just crazy, you know, this, to know that he's he's going to come back and be an assistant. You know, he's had so many unbelievable years. I mean, you talk about all the things that he's done in his career, you know, from winning the NBA championship and the NCAA tournament uh, championship, all the teams that he's worked with, all the players. But, you know, Penny Hardaway played for him in the Knicks in 2005-2006. Penny and him, you know, had a good relationship. I know Penny needs help. I mean, Penny is in a tough, tough environment. I know better than anybody because I worked at Memphis, and it's uh, it's a tough environment. They want to win it all every single year. John Calipari did a good job of setting that beast up now, and they expect to win every year. And I think right now they're not really that overly excited about what Penny's done. He's won some games, but he hasn't done anything. He hasn't got to the NCAA tournament and really made a run like they expected him to. 
And uh, he feels like Larry Brown could come in there and help him on the X and O side, and there's no doubt that he can. So good hire for him, and hopefully it all works out. Coach Joe, you see this now being a, I don't want to call it a trend, but, you know, um, on the local front, UNLV, uh, now Lon's not obviously going to be an officialist in it, but he's going to be here and he's going to be able to advise and somewhat be a part of the program once again with his son as the head coach. You got Larry Brown. Do you think that it's possible we could see this maybe with some retired veterans, some success, you know, feeling comfortable in maybe taking a secondary role just to help and mentor and, and how does that maybe, you know, play on and, and help college basketball, especially with, with the changes we're seeing with the NC2A and the NIL? I mean, can we see that maybe moving forward with more veteran, uh, you know, and established and successful coaches? You know, 100 um, percent. You're seeing it and you have seen it in the last, you know, last four or five years. They created a position uh, known as the uh, special assistant to the head coach. And I actually had that position at UNLV, where I was, you know, working closely with Marvin Menzies and had an opportunity to be his confidant and that guy that was his right-hand man. You know, when you look at a lot of the benches now, there are a lot of guys doing that. There are a lot of older guys, veteran coaches getting hired on because we're seeing a trend of young coaches in college basketball. We're seeing a trend of guys that don't have experience coaching at the college level. You know, if we look at Michigan, we look at Vanderbilt, we look at Memphis, we look at some of these schools that hired NBA coaches or some of the schools that are hiring young assistants like at Minnesota and some of the other hirees that we've heard of in the last uh, few months. They need a veteran. They need somebody that's been out there, that knows the ropes, that has the connections, that can get them fired up and started and get their program running in the right direction. So I think it's a good move for coaches to get a veteran on their staff, and it gives them an opportunity, you know, to, to bounce ideas off of some people. You know, when you come, like, from the NBA, it, it's a big change. You don't know the rules. The rule book is thicker and getting thicker every year. You don't know the rules. You don't know what's expected, when you can call a kid, when you can't call a kid, what you can do when you're on a visit. There's so many rules and regulations. You really need somebody there that you could confide in and can help you, and you're seeing that on almost every staff in the country at this point. Joe Esposito's with us. Joe, so what was your impression of so many kids uh, bumping out of the draft and coming back to play college? Was it NIL? And I want your thoughts on you know NIL early on, some of the early returns. Well, you know, I, I think there's a lot of guys that uh, realize that, hey, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher. I mean, uh, now that you look at some of the NBA teams, young teams winning, just like Phoenix is being a young team, and you know, there's not going to be a lot of movement in a few. And I think what they do is they test the waters. They go to the combine. They talk to NBA people. Their scouts are talking and their coaches are talking. And everybody's talking to find out exactly where they land. And when they reality hit that they're not going to be a lottery pick or they're not going to be a guaranteed money guy, well, then it's time to think about what you can do. Some of the guys, like we talked about before, you know, might be thinking about, hey, I can make some money at the college level now with the NIL. I mean, I'll be honest with you, if this thing goes the way it might go, there'll be some kids going into the pros taking pay cuts because some of this college stuff is going to get wild. Um, I think UCLA probably was the biggest winner. Um, you know, with Johnny uh, going back, I mean, I think their team is loaded right now. Um, and to make their team even better, they probably needed a center, and they go get your boy from Rutgers, Miles yep. Johnson, yep. and he's really going to help them. I mean, he's really going to help them. 
I think UCLA is probably my choice right now to win the whole thing. I think they got a team that's really, really deep, and I think they can do a good job and make a run. Arizona State, you know, Bobby Hurley is on the fence here out here in Phoenix, and Marcus Bagley coming back. I think that's a big move for them. And then even your guys in Rutgers, you know, seeing uh, Gio and uh, Harper come back. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely uh, going to help some teams. And, you know, it's hard for coaches when they're waiting on those guys to see if they're actually going to come back or not. And just with scholarships and rosters, so these last couple of weeks, a lot of college teams have, have moved pretty quickly with their roster. But back to that NLI, uh, NIL, you're seeing – so many things happen already. You're seeing some guys taking the approach, like the quarterback from Miami, King, and and the uh, Milton from uh, Florida State. They're going to open up a little business where they're going to assist their colleagues or their college teammates to find people to give them a chance um, to get some of these deals. How about the two uh, young ladies at Fresno State, the uh, the twins, uh, yep. Ellie and Hannah? You know, they just got a deal. They're they're already marketing, and they've got a marketing thing going with, with some protein drinks. And there's a gymnast at LSU. She has over 3.9 million followers, and you know she's going to get something um, where, where she's sponsoring because she has so much following. And now you see how important social media is for these student athletes. I mean, it goes on and on and on. You know, the Arkansas wide receiver, he's going to get a deal with PetSmart. Um you know, because he's a dog lover, and everybody knew that. So now he has so much following, he's got to deal with PetSmart. Um, and then you got your your, your kid, uh, Jordan Bohannon at Iowa. You know, that guards is gone. He's their star player. He opened a little clothing line. And uh, and then Spencer Rattler, I think, is going to have one of, the, one of the hottest items out there. You know, he's got his own brand now, and he's going to be flowing with some stuff. So it's going to go on and on and on. And let me tell you, one of the jobs I think, really benefit from this is UNLV. Think about all the sponsorships and think about a UNLV football player on a billboard at the Aria. Or think about uh, a basketball player driving one of Finley's cars. I mean, there are so many options out there in Las Vegas. Um, It's unbelievable. So I think you're going to see this really affect recruiting. It's going to change the game. And to be honest with you, I'm glad I don't have to deal with it. Schools are actually hiring guys and ladies to work just marketing so they can produce something for their recruits. So now when we sit down with a recruit, we're not just saying you get tuition fee, rooms, and board, but you're going to get $25,000 sponsorship with this product, or you're going to get this or this, and they're going to hire somebody on their staff to actually do that marketing for these athletes. Yeah, I agree. And Spencer Rattler, he already signed with Canes, which is a huge, huge endorsement. And, you know, he was on that QB1 um, show that they do every year. So um, here's a question for you. I'm just curious because Dylan Gonzalez, one of the two UNLV, former UNLV basketball players, one of the Gonzalez twins, she actually posted on her Instagram story a couple of days ago because she was getting blown up with, you know, people posting and tagging former pictures of her in Dakota, and they would tag the boat, the, the the followers. They have over a million followers each, and when they came here from Kansas, that was a big deal. How their social media following might have been bigger than their actual game itself. Um, but she actually posted. Someone said, you know. 
the NC2A did them wrong, did them dirty because they weren't actually looking to just go get sponsorships or endorsements. They were looking to embark on their music career. And the NC2A said, no, you cannot do that. So they said, okay, we're just not going to come back for our senior season. And they embarked on a musical career. She actually shared post story post from instagram that she was tagged in and at one point she tagged the nc2a and she said beware i'm coming for you uh uh that she's basically talked to her camp because she 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 does have a camp she does have a a, you know a lot of people backing her they've been in celebrity all-star games here and there so they're well connected but dylan gonzalez is talking about going after the nc2a for lost revenue they could have made for something silly it's it's almost like we're here. It's almost the same thing like we're here with Reggie Bush. We'll give him the Heisman back with the Gonzalez twins. How much revenue they possibly lost? Do you think that 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 the NC2A or do you think that that's never going to actually come to fruition? But could they be looking at a problem here? Well, they could be looking at opportunities where people are going to actually sue them and say, you know, I wouldn't have left. Um, I think that could happen because nowadays everybody sues everybody for something. You know, it's like you never know what they'll do. But to, for me, I, I don't think that that'll come through. And that's not a question I really know a lot about as far as the law part and, and I know Cofield's got a great lawyer he can talk and ask these questions too <laughs> but I mean I'm just telling you that uh, you know there is a lot of money opportunities being lost and yeah. uh, you know now these people that could have done and could have stayed and, and could have made some of this money um, this is going to be a big problem man I mean we're talking about it lightly but it's going to be a big problem especially that no, not everyone's going to be able to produce what some of these schools are going to be able to produce and once again the rich are going to get richer and there are going to be some schools that are going to be just left left out and there's going to be no way they can compete and that's going to cost coaches jobs that's going to you know just cause a bunch of chaos i mean because basically what it's doing now is it's saying you can do whatever you want to get a player so if you can go ahead and get them a car deal or advertisement or you can get them a shoe deal or you can get them a clothing line or whatever it may be the people that come up with the most attractive package to market this young man are going to be the ones that are going to survive. And you know those are going to be the blue bloods. It's not going to be the small little you know, Midwestern schools. It's not going to be those schools. So it's going to get interesting. I think the Power Five teams are going to take a step in the right direction. What does that mean for the Mountain West? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what that means for Mountain West. Can the Mountain West compete? You know, there's some places like Wyoming. Can they compete with a, a UNLV for advertising and and billboards and and, and per, uh, advertising monies. There's no way. So it's going to be an interesting deal, and it's going to be something that coaches are going to have to deal with. Now let's talk about what happens when the quarterback gets this big deal and the offensive lineman that's protecting the guy has nothing. Hmm. How about right. egos? Dealing with egos is going to be just a bear for these coaches and team psychologists and all the things they're going to have to deal with. It's not going to be pretty, and I think the college athletics is going in the wrong direction with this. Joe Esposito's with us. Joe, let's close on the uh, NBA and what you've seen in the series so far. Suns are up 2 nothing, and yeah, I'd like to be a simpleton and boil it right down to the Bucks just have to make shots, but that kind of seems like one of the key factors. Uh, you know, they didn't do a great job slowing down Paul or Booker last night. Even Bridges went off, and uh, Middleton and uh, and Holiday, they do have to make shots. I mean, 9-31 from three is completely ridiculous. Yeah, they're going to have trouble. You know, Middleton struggling offensively. Holiday 7-21. You know, Brooke Lopez plays 28 minutes, gets eight points. You know, when you look at Giannis, is getting all their points. You know, 32 points, and the rest of the starters get 32. I mean, you're not going to win like that. But even more, if you look, look into this more in depth, you know, Milwaukee's 1-15 in, 
in a best-of-seven series when they're trailing 2-0. So the only time they ever won a game in that 1-15 was against the Nets back in the East Conference semi. So I don't I don't see them winning this, this deal. Um, I don't even know if they're going to win a game, to be honest with you. The NBA sure is going to hope that they win a game because of financial. And I always say that the refereeing gets a little tighter in, in these 2-0 games. So you might see Milwaukee win his first one and back to Milwaukee. But, hey, you got to say that Phoenix is really a great team. they got a great IQ. They are a team that legitimately plays for each other. They play for their teammates. They pass to the open man. They are just a dream team to watch. And it's exciting with those young players that they can pull this thing off. And, and it's fun here in Phoenix. You know, Phoenix, that was the first pro team that came here to Phoenix. And now that I'm living here, man, you wouldn't believe the excitement. Everyone here bleeds Phoenix. I mean, if, if, if they're playing and you're outside mowing your grass, you better watch yourself because you may get a straight bullet. <laughs> Joe, wow. when, do you, uh, when do you head to the tournament? Uh, TBT, we had two weeks from today. We head out there, ESPN 3, Saturday night. We open with Bradley. I'm sure I'll be on with you guys next week, but we look forward to the TBT tournament and shooting our, our, uh, you know, our best shot for that million-dollar prize. All right, Joe, we appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Stay cool. All right, see you next week. All right, bye-bye. There is uh, Joe Esposito, former college coach at UNLV and Memphis and Texas Tech and Minnesota, lots of other stops as well. Got the fat pack on the way. We have to get into uh, the latest Ari selection. He says he's from Philly. I don't think he's from Philly, but he does like tasty cakes. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Who better to talk about food than these two? It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Brought to you by Nova Home Loans. C'è la luna mezzo mare, mamma mia, me mare da te. All right, time for the Fat Pack on a Friday. Lots of food news, local news. Who knows? Maybe some clothing news, some dessert news. Willie Ramirez is in as the company. It's Cofield. Uh, also checking out the ceremonial weigh-in for UFC 264. Poirier and McGregor 3 is going down at the Fortress tomorrow. So we'll see if there's any shenanigans. It's always interesting to watch these weigh-ins because uh, sometimes the fighters don't process everything that's on the line if they start acting like a jackass. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at the... Uh, stare down the other day at the press conference McGregor throws like some weird kick from a distance like what if he had stepped the wrong way and turned his ankle when he's out of the fight so we'll see if there's any kind of dust up here and the other thing people were asking is uh, you know McGregor generally can find some sort of you know heat hatred dislike yeah for the opponent, and it doesn't seem like he has it for Dustin Poirier. He's trying to kind of make it up, so we'll see what if he does anything to go next level to get himself uh, fired up. So uh, that's going on over at the Fortress right now. Busy, busy weekend. We'll uh, get to the, the city and travel and Sin City bursting at the seams this weekend with Garth and the big fight. All right, on the cooking front, have you unhatched a plan for Monday Night Football, you and your son – like to cook. You've got your uh, perfect seasonings, which I've, I've used. Damn yeah. good. I used the pizza seasoning last week. That was excellent. The uh, poultry seasoning is awesome. What are you going to do? Are you going to try something? We are. So I um, 
I, it, it, you know, little backstory quick. I years ago, years, I did a pilot when I was doing some web TV. When web TV first came out, there was a station out here called RawVegas.tv. So I was doing some stuff with them, yeah. and the producers over there came to my house, and we did a television pilot that I sent to the William Morris Agency. And the cooking idea was Monday night meals with the hungry handicapper. And the idea behind <laughs> okay. it was to when the when the, when this when the um, when the Monday night football schedule came out, you already know who the who the games are, right? We already know who the matchup is right now. So you could pre-prepare and pre-produce this cooking show with the two teams involved in the game for every Monday. And then you would just do a 30-second, 45-second video every week, maybe handicapping the game and giving out a free pick or just talking about the game itself, and you just wrap it into the end of the pre-produced video. The concept behind it was behind the Super Bowl parties that my wife and I used to throw, and it was always involving the two teams. Indianapolis played Chicago. We had Chicago pizza flown in. We had Walter Payton beer flown oh, really? in from his brewery. Oh, yeah. It was up. big. You did Indianapolis, there was a winery. We had wine flown in, and then I did all the cooking. New Orleans was great. Obviously, New York did Little Italy. New England, we did the fish fry. So, with Jordan opening his gym, the perfect gym, um, we have seasonings and apparel. With the seasonings, the I, the concept is for the next couple of months, we're going to be just doing general cooking videos for the Instagram page and just, you know, just how to use the all-in-one seasoning. As you mentioned, use the pizza blend, use the poultry seasoning. You don't really need anything else. It's got high-grade sea salt. It's got all the flavorings. So for Monday Night Football, I want to take that concept and pre-produce over the next month and get them ready. And then that way, every Friday or Saturday, we would release it on Instagram or on social media or on the perfect website, perfect.online with, you know, gearing up for the Monday night football, whoever's playing first week, Baltimore and Vegas and whatever's famous. So like, for instance, I, I wrote out the treatment for Jordan. Baltimore is known for crab cakes or it's known for this or that Vegas, the take on Vegas, the number, I, I actually Googled every city too. And just to see what, what, what do they say about what, Vegas? What, Vegas, the number one delicacy that people or that it's known for. You think all the steak restaurants, steakhouses, the Italian restaurant, but the number one thing that people think of, according to a lot of different articles, is shrimp cocktails. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to do a shrimp cocktail and make a homemade cocktail sauce and then have a main course maybe from Baltimore. So they, so they'll accompany one another in some way, shape, or form. I actually sent out an email. I think I put you on the email. I sent out an email to a lot of media members or a lot, I sent one out to a former uh, NFL player who I'm friends with, um, a current baseball major league baseball player just to get their take also because they visited so many stadiums so i got some decent feedback um so we're gonna you know work through it and, and see and see what we come up with and but we are definitely going to have cooking videos and we're definitely going to be ready for monday night football so we're kind of excited about that if you had to come up with uh, something for philly the obvious would be probably a cheesesteak yes what else would you think of um well i'm gonna pull it up because i will say there's two two other things I'm going to pull it up. I'm going to pull it I up. I would say pretzels. I know it sounds yeah, weird, but yeah, yeah. Philly's very into pretzels. And then since Ari's kind of from the area, uh, Tasty Cakes oh, yes. is a big one for Philly. They had another one of these one got to go things at one got to go, hard choices, where they put up a bunch of different whatever. It could be food. It could be anything. And they had four Tasty Cake selections, butterscotch crimpets, mm -hmm. peanut butter candy cakes, Buttercream iced cupcakes, cream-filled coffee cake cupcakes. 
<laughs> First Tasty. of all, are you are you down with the creamy filling? I well, I I there I was introduced to Tasty Cakes when I met Jordan's mother, who's from Binghamton, New York, but they're obviously up there, yeah. just on the. Right on yeah, the sure, it's all over the east coast, yeah, and on the border of Pensy. Yep. So I was introduced, and she always gave me the butterscotch um, little cakes, and she always say, "But you got to freeze them, and you eat them frozen." Oh, look at this! But uh, I'm definitely a fan of tasty cakes. I don't know how much I'm a fan of whether it's donuts or pastries or anything that has something in the cream inside of it. Either put it on top of it, or just give me the straight, you know, whatever. Maybe. Are you told me the other day with the with really with any kind of snack cake, you love the cream explosion. Sure. <laughs> no, I really, I, I didn't tell you that, but yeah, I, I do in this case. Um, not really. Yeah, not bad. All right, butterscotch crimpets, peanut butter candy cakes, buttercream ice cupcakes, or the cream-filled coffee cake cupcakes. This, this is, it's, it's hard, right? This is a tough. Not one. really. No. no. Which one? Well, for some of us, uh, I've thought about this and struggled all night until today, and I, I guess I will go with the butterscotch crimpets. But I must say, like, wow. there's there's plenty of, of kinds of tasty cakes usually that, that I'm like, um, I'll pass on those. I'm, I'm real specific with the ones. I can't believe, like, all four of these are on my uh, are on my list, so to speak, of, of ones that I would devour any day of the maybe, week. Maybe the first time ever we've given you four food options and you right? haven't wiped out, like, 3.9 of them. Hashtag so you actually will, are down with all four. That's amazing. Will Ari eat it? Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Indeed. But, yeah, okay, I, guess, from- I guess I'll pass on the, the crimpets, though. By the way, I'm going mm. peanut butter candy cake. So that's what I'm easy that's, choice. That's for me. That's what. Oh, that is go. your choice. Oh, yeah. that, you were yeah. just saying the advice was from someone else to freeze the the butterscotch. That, okay, but you're going peanut butter. Okay. No, no wait, wait. The one that's got to go. Correct. Or, or what am I choosing? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, we are playing one. One has to go. Has, if it's for me, the one's got to go. It's got to be the peanut butter candy cakes. Because if I want oh, peanut butter out? candy cakes, yeah, then not just give me a Reese's. Ooh. This has cake. There's no cake yeah, in a Reese's. Is, this is way by the way, is it Reese's or Reese's? I don't know. Um. Yeah, I got the I got the 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 whole game screwed up. So Ari won't let any of them go. I'll let three of them go. I do like coffee cakes, but I don't know if I want that cream stuff all over me. You know what? I found? speaking of speaking of coffee cake, I didn't realize. You know, I was in the mood for Intamins because I had it, and here's why. Sure. I watched. Here's so, why. I watched the Sebastian Maniscula. Uh, I watched an episode of Maud from 1974, and, <laughs> and he did uh, a stand up about. Oh when, yeah, the Maniscalco. Here we yep, go. Yeah, and so so I go in the grocery store looking for it. They don't do it in the box anymore. It's they're in mini servings pre-packaged so yeah. there's like six in a package so it got me to thinking i think i'm gonna get that and i'm gonna make french toast out of it oh wow look at you take it Going to the next, next level. level yeah uh-huh. uh you either know the maniscalco bit or you don't you yeah. either had a family yeah. like a grandma yep. who had cake around all the time and people yeah. would just drop in and you're a kid you're like well okay don't people are dropping cake. in right yep. and, and exactly and the company that that cake yeah. is for company it's don't cool. touch, touch the it. freaking cake who's coming over i don't know Somebody could stop by. But one of the greatest bits ever, because that he he nailed it in that people used to just come over, your your parents, your grandparents would be like, hey, so-and-so is here. Now today, I, I mean, I don't know what you're like, but we are holed up in the house. And generally, I'll be upstairs, the SO's downstairs, and the doorbell rings. And, and then what she does, she'll be like, the bell rang! <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, answer it. Or like, are we going to do the army crawl like they do in the Maniscalco deal? Like, no one wants to answer the door because you, you know there could be someone pitching you something, which, by the way, is another amazing thing that we actually used to have door-to-door sales. Yeah. And forget it now. No, well, like, jo- it, it, I, I think I have someone come by where I actually will talk to them twice a year. Yeah. That is a job that is 
way past its prime. I think there might have been times when Jordan was still living at the house that we would text each other from across the house. We're like, do you have someone coming by? I don't know. Do you have someone? That's what it is. Just you stay in your room. Now, here's the thing. Now that I'm part of the company, I've made it to three hours, and Maniscoula, he's coming in August. Yeah. I'm going to find a way to get him on the show. Okay. I thought you were just going to ask for tickets. I'm like, we can get you tickets. Oh, yeah, well, you can definitely do that. I'm, that I'm down for that's that. Least, that's, but that's I, least but I want to get I, – I would love to get him on the show. Okay. I think we had, we had him on – he, we had him on years and years and years ago when the, he wasn't as popular. The guy's just he, – he is fantastic. He's hilarious. I've never seen He's him hilarious. And now you see him. Now you – I mean, you're a big mob movie fan, yeah, right? Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. know, any, any kind of like your Northeast kind of Italian theme. And yes. now he's become a character in, in those types of movies. Yeah. He's no, he's a he. Yeah, he's definitely a must see, and I've never seen him, so it's I have wow. to, I gotta go see him. I gotta go. The phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702 364 1100 and tell us what's on your mind. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm gonna kill your bookmaker, I'm gonna rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 free. All right, tracking UFC 264. Right now, uh, numbers at various books have uh, Poirier favored minus 135. A lot of volume in terms of tickets on Conor McGregor on the way back, plus 115. Uh, but it looks like the big money's coming in. The sharps are coming in on Poirier. By the way, you want to talk about a long ceremonial weigh-in. Uh, they're just getting up on the scales now. They're not really weighing in because they weigh in in the morning. Both guys made weight. Uh, McGregor actually uh, taking off the shirt, taking his time getting up on the scale, sure. looks focused. So we'll uh, we'll tell you what happens if anything happens when they have the uh, the stare down. McGregor flexing up, crazy eyes. Uh, looks like there's probably at T-Mobile for this weigh-in eight thousand minimum. It's hard to see if there's anyone sitting in the upper deck, but uh, most of the the lower bowl, you know, that's probably about two thirds of the lower bowl is open because the stage is, you know, facing uh, one way. So probably 8,000 in there. So big volume fight. Actually, very good card. A lot of good depth on this card. A lot of names you know about the uh, former shamed NFL player, Greg Hardy's on the card. Uh, guys who have a lot of experience, like uh, Wonderboy Thompson on the card. Carlos Condit is fighting. So good card. Deep card, Brad Tavares is on there as well. Poirier has just come out. Uh, he's up there doing the full flex. So we'll get the uh, the stare down here in a second. And Dana White puts his arms out. Says uh, McGregor's in his karate stance, taking a bunch of deep breaths. A couple other guys who are bigger than Dana White, who are also bald, also wearing black shirts. Dana White is now uh, basically doing hand play with Conor McGregor because he's got the uh, the lead left out there, which is really the, the dangerous hand, and they nothing happens. And like I said, that's important because uh, don't start shacking a fool and do something silly up on stage to hurt yourself or the opponent when you've got this many millions of dollars on the line. Jesse Merrick had uh, posted something on his, uh, you know, from Channel 3, he had posted something on his Instagram story, I believe, that, said, that I guess Dana said that he had 
he hired a personal tree. He's glad that he got a personal trainer or a special trainer for these things. So, of course, you know what my reply was. Unless it was Jordan Ramirez. And his, <laughs> He's got to be trained with the Ramirez boys. His trainer was worthless. Is that right? I, I assumed he already had a personal trainer because he's generally in pretty good shape. And yeah. By the way, if if Dana needed help, uh, Joe Rogan continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And anyone who doesn't know the background of Joe Rogan now, he's like the biggest podcaster in the world. Right. You know, big entertainment personality. Rogan is a highly accomplished Taekwondo artist. Yeah. And like, if you ever see, you ever see some videos of him hanging out at the gym, mm -hmm. just working the pads and freaking kicking. And yeah. I mean, he's, I don't know if he's over 50 yet, but I mean, he, his kicks are like they're, they're thunderous. Insane. I'm not saying Joe Rogan could beat Poirier no. or Conor McGregor, but if something broke out and someone needed to freaking yeah. front kick someone out of the way, I'm I'm sure that uh, Joe Rogan could do it. Yeah, no, he, you know, I mean, when you're when you're in that business and you have them sort of at your fingertips to train and you have a little bit of a martial arts background, I mean, Jordan's not at that level, but when he would, that was the first thing I threw him in was martial arts at five years old. And he went through an old school Korean master in town Olympic style Taekwondo and he really? got his black belt from I mean he did a 13 hour test at 12 years old or 11 years oh, old really? yeah it started at 7 in the morning finished like at 7 8 o'clock at night and it ended after that whole day by putting your hands and feet through 12 boards so oh, wow. so so when you're when you're training no matter what level and you're doing it at the right I mean no matter what age and if you're doing it with the right uh, depending on the discipline whether it's Taekwondo or Judo or whatever and it just transcends into the next you just keep going i mean for jordan he went on to wrestling and now he's in the fitness fitness business but i mean there have been times where he was training for for bodybuilding shows and he would add we had the kicking bed we still got the kicking bed and a lot of that stuff from when he was a kid and the kicks that now with them quads you know that he's putting the thunderous kicks. now he can't get in an octagon obviously yeah. but for rogan that's what he's doing. That's part of his business. So, of course, he's training probably with the best. Willie does a lot of uh, sports gambling analysis as well. We only have a minute here. Uh, so tell me how you're getting ready for win totals. What are you going to do for NFL win totals? I looked at a couple of them, and I tell you, one of the teams I, I figured since you know we're short on time I'd bring up is I kind of like your Jets over. I, I think that you know a lot of the things – you know. Like, I don't think that the AFC East is going to be called the AFC Least that much anymore. I think that the, there's some impressive teams there. Um, so I like the Jets over a little bit. And I also like the Giants. I think the time is now for Daniel really? Jones. I do because I'm not necessarily sold on the NFC East. Um, you know, if the Fitzmagic it, it does – you know, does some things, but I think one of the teams, I think that, I think the Eagles are sunk. And I think that one of the teams that can emerge is, is the Giants. I just think that Daniel Jones, he started promising. He was handed the torch. He had a couple of disappointing years, but I think if there was a time he's got to step up, this has got to be the year. So the two teams in New York, I, I, I like over um, Philly. I like, I think is an underplay. Um, I think that they're a mess and I, and I don't know. I, don't, I just don't know how much confidence there is. And, um, you know, with with the personnel, so those were the those were the teams that I had that I had sort of earmarked. And the other thing is with with the, you know, I think the Saints are sort of up in the air with you know post breeze. I mean, what are they going to do? I think the totals around nine nine and a half. So you know, is is can 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 they turn Jameis Winston into into the into the can 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 he carry it? Can he be able to double if, if double Sean Payton, If Sean Payton's a, a top you know ten quarterback or check that. Top ten coach, yes. yeah. So top five. Those are the, those are the ones, but but um, no, I I 
I, I'm really interested and intrigued to see what happens in the AFC East. That's 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 going to be an, an interesting division. I think Cleveland is stacked, and I think that they, you know, I think that they're hungry to get back on the field with that young roster. And then on a local front, you know, I I, I do like the Raiders over seven again. I think you know I, I liked them last year. I think that extra game obviously helps. You know, we're at 17 games. I think the Raiders have the, the personnel. I think they have the talent. Um, the offensive line, obviously, we got to see what happens there with the rebuild. We talked about that early, and then the defense. But I, I like the defense from a different standpoint than last year. Last year, we went into training camp. John Gruden came on the Zoom and said that Malik Collins was the key to the defense, and obviously, he might have been the key to the defense because he was a no show, and uh, the defense was a went in the crapper. So this year. You know they're really talking about the team effort. There is no superstar. It's you know it's it's you know with the defensive line and the edge rushers and so I um I like the Raiders over the seven wins. This part of the show is brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You want in the Cofield and Company Inner Circle? It's all about trust. That's why when I'm facing legal issues or need legal advice, I only turn to my guy Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Five seven zero nine thousand is the number, and I certainly would not recommend anyone I didn't trust to you guys our listeners to handle your critical legal problems. So no one better to turn to in the Las Vegas area than Justin and Matt Hoffman and the team at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. You're facing a tough situation. You got legal questions. Get those guys on the phone right now. 570-9000. That's 570-9000. It's Battleborn Injury Lawyers. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.